You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. We have Timothy Sykes, who is an absolute laugh. I spent a good, what, two, like a week and a bit with you, Tim, in Laos in Southeast Asia for the Pencils of Promise trip. Uh, that was insane. And uh, we had nothing but laughs, man, and uh, good times. So uh, it's awesome to have you on here. For those that don't know who Tim is, multi, multi-millionaire, penny stock trader, uh, speaker, uh, coaches many into how to make millions through penny stock trading and has just crushed it online in so many different ways. So let's get some awesome wisdom from Tim. Tim, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's good to see you. And I, I need, first of all, I need you to teach me how to grow a beard like that so I can look <laughs> like a cool, you know, artist, hippie, bohemian kind of guy. But I can't do it. I try and grow it and I just get like, Patches that looks like messed up, like pubic hair. <laughs> Dude, you got to do the Jew, man. <laughs> You're not you even Jew. Look you on. have a Jewish nose, and now you have a Jewish beard. You, I, are, do you want to be Jewish? Is this like? <laughs> is that what this is? Because it's cool. I hear yeah. you. Shalom, my brother. Shalom. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, uh, Tim is hilarious. He's got like these hashtags. What, what are some of your hashtags, Tim, on your Instagram? I make Jewish jokes because I'm Jewish and I can do it. Most of you guys can't. Um, Jews with views is mine. Jews in the news. Jews on the move. Jews in the jungle. Jewish Michael Phelps. Indiana Jews. You know, different stuff like that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. It's awesome. That's awesome. So after all this, like, crazy achievements and success, now you just have a good laugh at life. and uh, Yeah, you, know, you got to have fun with everything, you know. And I, I really enjoy, like, pissing off narrow-minded people, like, who get offended. I was like, you're getting offended at a hashtag. It's not even a real thing. Like, what, what is the hashtag going to fight back? Like, I don't even understand it. So you got to have fun. And I find my, my fun online. It's good to inspire. You know, I, I post the hashtags, but I use social media a little differently, not just to, to get customers, but to actually train my students because I have about 4,600 video lessons now. I have 15 DVDs. I have all these uh, webinars. And it gets kind of boring to watch all that stuff. So I post like this visual inspiration. A lot of my students, you know, look at like my Instagram at midnight when they're burning the midnight oil, like studying and they see my Lamborghini and it helps push them. So, you know, I like to try to inspire people and studies have been shown to show that, you know, if you have a big goal at the end, like if you want to make a million dollars or $10 million, as opposed to just saying, oh, I just want to make $50,000 your actual daily performance improves 15 to 25%. So I would encourage all of your listeners and viewers and followers to have a big goal, even if it's going to take years or decades to achieve, because then, you know, you keep pushing yourself and you have to keep thinking about that big goal every day. I love that advice. I'm all about that, man. Living in your vision, right? Casting your vision and living in it. Tim, what's your big goal right now? What's your big vision? So I already have about four actually five millionaire students now. Um, I built roughly 35 schools or the schools are in development and being the process of being built. Uh, I just donated a million dollars to Pencils of Promise for my charity. So I've had success, but I want more. I want to build a thousand schools and that's not necessarily easy. You know, each school is roughly 40 to $50,000. So I'm gonna have to donate like $50 million, but this is a big goal that I have. And I want to have a thousand millionaire students. So I'm working towards these two goals, teaching and giving back and also, you know, traveling. I've already been to over a hundred countries, so I, I don't really have that much more to do. Um, now it's about, you know, helping others and, and trying to get other people to live kind of like their dreams. I love that. I love that. That's your next high. Cause you know, you hear these like celebrities where they're like, Oh, I've conquered the world in Hollywood. And now I'm going to just going to do crazy stuff like snort, crazy drugs and go crazy and fall off the edge. You're going the other way. You're like, you know what? I'm going to actually leave an imprint in this world and make a massive difference. So I, I yeah, love that you're on that mission. I'm not good with drugs. Advil PM is my hardest drug and I'm, I'm addicted. <laughs> I'm addicted to Advil PM. I admit it. This is an intervention <laughs> with Joel Brown. 
Um, <laughs> no, I, you know, you have to figure out what, what really moves you and what fulfills you. And I didn't know that charity or teaching would fulfill me. You know, if you had asked me this like a decade ago, I would have been like, shut up. Like I'm trading, I'm living, you know, a, a crazy life. I don't, I don't have time for charity or, or teaching. I'm doing this myself. Now, fast forward, you know, this is a 10 year anniversary into my teaching career. I love teaching. I love, you know, the, the satisfaction and, and really, you know, when the light bulb clicks on my students, like it takes time, you know, you don't learn everything mm. in the stock market very quickly. This isn't about like following hot picks. It's about learning, you know, key patterns that work with your own personality and we're all different. So when it really clicks for my students, I love that feeling. And then, you know, you and I visited several schools in Laos. I actually just got back from Guatemala uh, with Pencils of Promise and Cambodia uh, where I had a, a big school opening, the Timothy Sykes Learning Center, and a thousand kids greeted me. And these kids had no education. They were like pretty much condemned to a life of menial labor. You know, they have to provide for their family all their lives. Education is their only key. So once you start realizing what really fulfills you in life, you go full throttle and, and you attack that bitch. <laughs> you know what was, you know what was really funny? Because I was there that day for everyone that's listening, like just to be in that moment where Tim, Tim said as we were driving up to this uh, school, they're having an inauguration ceremony. And Tim's like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to get up and speak today. And I'm going to say something. No, nobody knows what it is. And we're all sitting there kind of guessing, oh, we think it's going to be this and that. Anyway, he gets up. It was just kind of, it was funny because it was just kind of like thrown together. And then he's like, hey, can I get up? Can I get up? And they like the microphone's there. He's like, all right. So he stands up and starts talking. He's like, so I'm giving away a million dollars and like, like to, to Pencil Promise. And we just about fell off our chair. We're like, what? And, and the translator was sitting by your side. The translator was like, we looked at it in English. It was like lots and lots and lots and lots of money. Because I think in their country, like a million US dollars isn't even like a thing that they say. Yeah, she thought that I said a thousand dollars and they would be grateful for a thousand dollars. You know, that helps these countries too. But a million dollars builds over 20 schools and buys a ton of uh, e-readers. They have these tablets that help these kids learn quicker. And Pencils of Promise, you know, you and I both have donated schools. We know they're a great foundation. Um, so it was my honor. And I actually, I, I did it in like gym shorts. We climbed the mountain in the morning and I was sliding all over the place. I had mud all over my shorts and you know, it looked like I, like I shit in my pants, but it was just mud, you know, cause I couldn't keep up with like these Australians. I was like freaking Sam Weiss, the fat, you know, guy behind everybody and all these like Australians with their shirt off. And I'm like, hold <laughs> up, oh no, Sam Weiss is coming. And I was like in the back and I was sliding down the mountain. It was slippery. <laughs> And then I knew, like, I knew I was going to donate a million dollars. I felt really good about it, but I didn't, we didn't have time to change. We were late for the ceremony. It was, it was beautiful. That's how it should be done. It shouldn't be all formal. It should be from the heart. Yes, yes, yes. And the little kids were laughing because they thought that you actually had <laughs> crap on your pants. <laughs> like, look at, the, look at the guy. He couldn't control himself. He must have had, you know, loud belly or something. And I was like, no. And lots of Advil. Fine, okay. <laughs> I was thinking that peacefully. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, you know what? Something that I've realized uh, lately, because you know we always hear this thing coming up in the game and business or whatever it is, right? It's like, oh, the more you make, the more uh, the more people you help, the more you make, and so on. And like you keep hearing that, and and I think you can understand it on like a like a surface level and go, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But actually, experiencing that like making a difference is huge. I believe that when you're congruent, because I, when I see you, the way you operate in your business, man, you're a hustler. I saw you. I was there experiencing. You were off doing your webinars. You were on your calls. You were like, you were in it, you know, nearly 24-7. It was like you, you were there, committed, yeah. disciplined, right? So, but you, you have that congruency too. And I think when you're congruent, you feel abundant. You're not trying to be anybody else. You're just Tim Sykes. That's who you are. And you, you rocket that. And you're not trying to be in anybody else's lane. Therefore, you feel aligned. And when you're aligned, you feel abundant. And when you feel abundant, you feel like you have this endless uh, reservoir of, of being able to give. And I see that in you. And it just continues to expand. I like it. And you've inspired me to create a new hashtag. I'm going to be calling it Jubundance. And uh, <laughs> I or Jew congruent, Jew, Jew gruence. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, you're right. You know, when you, when you do what you love, people can sense that passion. They can sense that you're being real. You know, there's a lot of people who want to make like passive income on the internet. 
and they're not, you know, being real, like they're kind of being lazy about it. Like, okay, you can make a few thousand dollars a month and you can travel to all these countries and stay in hostels and live like the backpacker model. But for me, it's about giving all, like I get sick a lot because I push myself too hard and my students are like, calm down. Like you don't need to do this. But for me, I can't calm down. I can't stop. I can't pull back because I love it so much. I'm like this greedy fat kid in a cake shop and I'm just eating everything. And for me, you know, fat kids eating cake, which I do love cake, but at the same time, I love teaching and giving back. And when you meet these kids, if you ever go to a third world country and you see how little they have, and yet they're still so happy and so grateful for every little thing, it really puts everything into perspective. You know, we in these, you know, really rich, wealthy nations take so much for granted. And, you know, even like the richest people I know, they're not necessarily the happiest. And I think it's because they have kind of like the wrong priorities. You know, once you make several million dollars, that's all you really need to live a great life. You know, I know several billionaires and they are fucked in the head. They are the weirdest people that you never want to meet because they have too much money. And now every single person that they meet knows that they're a billionaire. So they treat them differently. Everyone's like walking on eggshells. You can't have like a real conversation with them. They're always worried, you know, about security and someone wanting to like use them. So I don't think that you should want more than a few million dollars in this life. And if you do have more, start giving back. Like I will never have more than a few million dollars. If I ever make, you know, tens or hundreds of millions, I'm just going to keep giving um, because I don't want, I don't want to be a billionaire. I don't want that messed up life. Wow. Thanks for sharing that perspective. Cause I think a lot of people don't get to experience that. They don't get to be around these billionaires and these big multi-million dollar bowlers, you know, and experience Listen, that. I, you know, I've had the mansion, nothing but problems. Like I'm in Japan and my air conditioner coil breaks and there's a whole flood in my living room and I'm trying to eat my sushi. Like don't deal with, I don't, don't deal with that. Right. I had jet skis. They both broke. You know, I got sand and seaweed in them. Uh, I've had the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris and they're fun. Like I, nothing's gone wrong. Knocked on wood with those yet. Um, I have like the gold watches. I throw it across the room to show that it's meaningless, even though it's like $30,000 and some watch people say that I'm, you know, shitting on their profession. I'm sorry. I just don't, I just don't like material things as much as I thought I would. You know, when you're growing up, when you're hungry, you see all this stuff. Like, you know, I just got off a yacht trip. I'm posting pictures on Instagram. Oh, the yacht's great. Meanwhile, I'm fucking, you know, drowning myself in, in Dramamine or what I call Jumamine because I'm like queasy the whole time and I'm barely sleeping. Like the day I got off the yacht, now I'm like, oh my God, I'm finally not rocking. So I don't like yachts. The jets are nice, but, you know, frankly, they have a, a worse, you know, safety record than big planes. So you don't necessarily want to go too far in a jet. Like I don't go to Europe in a jet. Like, it's really crazy. All the things that you're, you think that you want in life, once you actually have them or get to experience them, they kind of lose their meaning. And then you have to search for something else. And I think a lot of rich people are searching and they can't find necessarily charity or they're not teaching. These, a lot of rich people you know, are like these spoiled trust fund babies where they have no talent or skills or self-sufficiency and they're just useless, pathetic beings just walking the earth, kind of like the walking dead. Or you have these rich people who got really wealthy due to genetics, some genetic freak where they're an amazing, you know, athlete and they can now kick a little leather balls faster and further than anybody else. And that's not a real talent. For me, it's about self-sufficiency, gaining, you know, knowledge and knowing who I am and starting from nothing. You know, I wasn't born rich. And I think once you start from nothing, you know, and then you build based on your own skills, on your own talents, not on your parents, not on genetics, that really gives you a, a better life. Wow. That's, this is the title of this conversation. I wasn't born rich. <laughs> and or it's the whole like how to go through it. Yeah. I, yeah. Skilled or, you know, and this is why I'm sharing this message because most people watching this aren't rich. They're not skilled and they're like wishing that they could have what rich people have. And then rich people are wondering they have everything and, and they're still unfulfilled. So everyone or most people that I meet are kind of like just walking around, not very happy. And then you have these poor, poor people who have nothing and they're so happy because they know nothing else. It's kind of amazing. Once you visit the world and you see all the different perspectives. Hell yeah, it is. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, I just came from an event with uh, Dr. John Martini. This guy has been speaking around the world. He's traveled to every single country on the planet, right? And he's, he's been speaking for 45 years. And he said that someone said to him, 
oh, John, uh, how did you, uh, he goes, oh, it's amazing that you have this gift for speaking. And John turns around and looks at him and he goes, well, thanks. I've done 225,000 hours of speaking and you're going to just take that all away from me. He's like, that devalues the hard work. <laughs> you, the hard work and the journey is actually some of the best, if not the best part of the entire process. Uh, a lot of people just want to go from A to Z, like, okay, what do I do to get rich? Uh, I just want to be rich. I want to get to that point. Well, think about when you get to that point, if you do get rich, what made you get there? Did you, did you cheat? Did you steal to get there? Did you win lotto, uh, the genetic lotto or, you know, the athletic lotto or the actual lotto itself? Are you going to feel fulfilled when you have all this stuff? Is, are you really going to get fulfilled by a giant meaningless mansion that you can't take with you when you die. So you have to find what fulfills you. And for me and for many, you know, entrepreneurs, the journey and meeting other people and learning about yourself and learning about the world is so fulfilling and so amazing. And, you know, I'm going to places that I never would have expected when I was younger. And for me, my advice to you guys is just to go with it, go with the journey, see where it takes you. You know, I was on this TV show called Wall Street Warriors when I was running my hedge fund. I wasn't a very great hedge fund manager. You know, I'm better trading small accounts than I am with millions of dollars. And I don't get along with rich people, as you can tell with some of my crazy jokes. You know, they, they stay away from me. So I'm trying to raise money in the hedge fund world. I'm going to these bullshit charity events where, you know, Pencils of Promise is a great charity. We do such great work on the ground and they're real. But a lot of these charities, it's just because like rich people like to hobnob and it's just like, oh, I'll buy a table for like $10,000 or $25,000 and seem charitable, but they're not really charitable. And I'm in this world and I'm feeling like soulless. I was on this TV show, the TV show hit, everyone starts wanting to learn my strategy. So I start teaching and then lo and behold, I love teaching. I find the passion. I create several millionaire students. Now I get into charity because now I can give back meaningfully, not just buy you know, useless tables. I start donating to Make-A-Wish. I love that. I donate to Boys and Girls Club. But then I get into education. And I'm just kind of stumbling around trying to find what really fulfills me. But now that I build schools from scratch and I meet these families and kids who now have a chance and I get to, you know, help them basically change their whole village, their whole community, now with education has a chance. That's what really struck but it was all because I just went with it the whole time. I didn't say no. I wasn't like, no, I'm not going to be a teacher. No, I don't want to get back. I say yes. I'm like that corny Jim Carrey movie, you know, where he's like, yes, man. And he just has to say yes to everything. And I think most people need to do that. They just say yes and see where it takes them. <laughs> Dude, you know what? You, you are like Jim Carrey in that movie where, uh, yes, man, but you also like Jim Carrey in that movie, Liar, Liar, where you can't lie. You've got like no filter. You just straight up just say it how it is. Oh, I'm I love trying it. to do my case and I can't lie. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a gift and a curse, you know, and I, it turns a lot of people off and I'm sorry to those people. I don't mean to turn you off. That's all I can be. Just me, oh, me, Timothy. Like, you know, I just <laughs> I talk. I don't know. I'm a Jewish rapper. I have a few music videos. If you search Jew Chains um, or Little Jew Chains. Jew Chains. <laughs> I tried to work with, with Two Chains because he does like these ugly Christmas sweaters for charity. And I was like, hey, I'm Jew Chains. I'm going to do ugly uh, Hanukkah sweaters for, you know, Hanukkah. And we can, we can unite. And he just, just shut me down. He's like, oh, I'm serious. And I'm like, I'm serious too. I'm Jew Chains. And he just didn't, he thought I was like joking or I sent him my music videos. I didn't get any responses after I sent him my music videos. So, you know, maybe my, my future is in, in the music business. I wanted to, but what can you do? Maybe it was a past life, man. <laughs> maybe I'm just, I'm just destined for karaoke. I should have taken a, a hint from when people like, when I do karaoke, people start leaving the room because I'm such a bad singer. And I love the big 80s ballads. I love singing like slow songs like Lionel Richie. Hello, is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile. You're all I've ever wanted. And my heart is open wide. <laughs> oh man, you're making me blush. <laughs> you were supposed to sing the next verse, but you weren't feeling it. Dude, I'm too young for that. I'm, I'm 29. I'm going on 30. I think, uh, you're pushing, man. You're pushing. 
I wasn't around there. It's called an oldie for a motherfucking reason. Come on. I'm not that old. Bro, I'm, I'm young. I don't know oldies. I can't listen to songs that were produced before I was born. Come on. It's called an oldie. Get with it. Ah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I like karaoke, but I do also just talk and I see where it gets me. And sometimes it gets me in trouble. Sometimes it makes new unexpected friends. You know, I don't know. Let's talk, I, let's talk about that real quick. Let's talk about controversial uh, content that has given you exposure online. Because like, I, there's not a lot of people I can talk to that I, uh, that I can say, hey, share with me your controversial moments for content yeah. and PR, but you can't. So like, name a few things that have shown up for you. So yeah, so talking about charity and teaching and fulfillment, that's all great. None of that shit flies on social media. None of it, you know, transcends um, sad, it all, right? it all get, yeah, it's sad, but you have to understand, you know, there's a reason why the Kardashians are like the queen bitches of Instagram. They're talentless and soulless and they're number one on Instagram. Um, what really does well, you know, I, I post pictures of my Lamborghini and Ferrari and like a million dollars in cash. But what's worked best for me is when these broke ass rappers steal my cash photos and I call them out on it because they have to pretend that they're rich, like money, hoes, cash, bitches, like. And then if you actually look at what musicians make, like it's nothing unless they're touring. There's really not much money in music these days with all the illegal downloading. So I've called out several musicians like Little Bow Wow in the game uh, for stealing my cash photos. TMZ, you know, writes about it. And then I get like 100,000 new followers. Little Bow Wow actually told all of his followers to attack me. And he, he was like, oh, you know, here's Tim Sykes. And he's saying I stole his photo, which he did. You know, all he had to do was credit me in the photo. But, you know, rappers and Martha Stewart, they can't admit mistakes publicly, so they go down. And Little Bow Wow did a whole post saying, attack Timothy Sykes, here's his profile. And I was scared because he has like 4 million followers. And then, okay, I got a few like thousand people being like, I'm with Little Bow Wow. I shouldn't have mocked him. I, I hashtag when he stole my photo. I was like, I'm little juju. I'll actually teach you to make this money so you don't have to steal it from other people if you want to learn. <laughs> I probably should have been a little nicer, but I was just having fun. That's what I do. Um, and so he told people to attack me. I got a few thousand people attacking me. And yet then I got like 100,000 followers from him. And people were like, oh, little Bow Wow was like pimping like the 80s or like in the 90s, but now he's kind of doing nothing. Your photos and videos are better. I'm a little Juju fan. So there's no loyalty like in social media. And so I welcome when people attack me, just link my name and I'll take all the hate. You know, it's kind of cool to be real. Like I have nothing to hide. So if you attack me, I just talk about everything that I've done. And in an industry full of scams, you know, there's a lot of internet marketers that would post like a fake million dollars or a lot of rappers that have to steal other people's photos. I just do my own stuff. I go to the bank and I take my money out. I post a little, you know, little photo shoot and then I put the money right back in the bank. I don't keep a million dollars on me. I'm not a drug dealer. Um, but that <laughs> was totally unexpected. And then I go to TMZ like, Hey, I just donated a million dollars to pencils of promise. And I talked to like 20 other journalists, nothing, not one article. So, you know, wow. When rappers steal your cash photos, that's good for business. When you donate to charity, that's good for your soul. So you have to mix, you know, your soul and your business. I don't care if people steal my photos. I think it's a joke. You know, people are like, oh, you should watermark your photos. And I'm like, but then who would, you know, the, the broke rappers steal from? If I don't allow them to steal my photos, then they would be, I, I don't know. I would, I would pray for a lot of these musicians because they would have nobody to steal from. And then they wouldn't be able to do their whole business model. So in effect, I'm actually a charity for broke musicians too. I'm giving to them because <laughs> they don't have any money or enough money to show off. So I give to everybody, whether you're in a third world country or you're a starving musician pretending to be rich. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Yeah, I heard that uh, the music industry took a $1.2 billion loss last year. And you were wow, in the music industry. You knew. You, I dodged I, a bullet, man. I dodged a bullet a long time ago. I didn't even know that you were in the musician business. And then, you know, you're breakdancing in Laos. And that was my most successful video because it, it didn't have, you know, I think it didn't make people feel guilty. Like when we post pictures of kids and stuff like helping, people feel guilty. They're like, I should do that, but I can't click like because then I feel guilty. 
but your breakdancing video to the Laos kids, and the kids are like, yeah, Joel Brown breakdancing, yeah. And they love that. And I got like 50,000 views in like a few hours on your breakdancing video. So thank you for showing off the, the Jew moves. That is amazing, man. That's amazing. I think I got a bunch of followers on that too. So that's how it works, guys. You got to create some epic content. Get out, learn some breakdance moves, learn how to build a, a business that's impactful, meaningful, that makes a ton of money that you can also have a laugh about like everyday yeah. things you and can't get the content much, out there. You can't have much meaning on social media. It's all like, think yeah. about people who are digesting this stuff. They're like in line somewhere. They're at their shitty job. They just want to be entertained. They don't want to be made feel guilty. They don't want to be, you know, some long sob story. Um, they just want quick, you know, a little, a little hit of like dopamine or, you know, something that they're, they're just makes them smile. They'd rather look at a picture of someone's food. <laughs> oh, That's the food. level we've stooped to now in this world. I, I mean, my food pictures don't do very well. I love food, as you know, but food you doesn't do. do well for me. It's cash, luxury, um, and I'm trying to, to get them into charity, but it's tough. You know, the Kardashians and, and all the Kardashian-like people who, you know, evangelize celebrity and stardom and, and glamour, you know, that's, that's what rules on social media for now. Maybe in the future, we can eventually turn the tide or we'll probably just end up like Rome and die. Yeah, it's as shallow as a birdbath, mate. <laughs> but that's good. why, you know, social media is good to build your business and it's good to like inspire your students when they want this. But none of my millionaire students care. I, I was telling this to Larry King. I was like, you know, I get people inspired by all these luxury things and it pushes them to study. But then once you're actually rich, like you're kind of enlightened and you don't care about that stuff anymore. So I'm not worried about my millionaire students like staying humble. I'm trying to get them cockier. Like they're all so humble and, and grounded and it's awesome because they've studied so much. But you should use this, you know, you shouldn't like look down on human nature. It is what it is. We can't change it. So use it to push yourself. If you want a Lamborghini, get it. You know, I had one guy, I posted a picture of like the kids and then Lamborghini and he's like, I feel ashamed, but I'm more inspired by the Lamborghini. Don't be ashamed of what, by what inspires you. You know, I, you know that it's like a joke and I know it's a joke, but if it pushes you to do things, then it can be used for good. This is the, I love that we're going, that we've narrowed in on this because I think this is one of the biggest problems, man, is that money sometimes is the elephant in the room. It's like people are so ashamed to go, money's my motivation. Everyone listen to this. Money was my motivation to start addicted to success. But once I made enough to leave my dead end job, I, I, my pain in the ass boss, I told him that I'm out of here and I fired him because I, I was overtaking my income. That was the day I felt that classic feeling of freedom. And then I was like, wow, maybe what I wanted all along was freedom. Had freedom to create content, right? Played that game, still playing that game. But then I got to a spot where I'm like, oh, I can make enough from this, not to only like fulfill my own life in the sense of having everything that I want, my security, the power, the significance of freedom, but also to be able to then know that, that I am a person of value by, by uh, using my resources and skills. And also like, I call it being a currency conductor where you're conducting the currency, you tell it where to go, right? That's all you're really doing. We're just moving money around. And you learn, again, like, you know, don't be ashamed by anything that drives you. It's, it's amazing. Cherish it because you need that drive in the beginning to get you over that hump. So whatever it is, whether it's money, whether it's cars, whether it's girls, whether you want freedom, whether you're an amazing soul already and you want to help, you know, charity or, or your family, use anything that motivates you. Use anything that pushes you because in order to get over the hump, to get that freedom, to get that money or whatever your goal is, it's going to be damn hard. And that's why we started off this conversation by saying, have a big goal. Don't just say, oh, I want to make, yeah. you know, $200. Okay, you make $200. Now your goal is achieved. What, do you just stop? Oh, I, I, I achieved my goal. That's all I wanted. Have a big motherfucking goal that's going to take years and decades to get to. And whatever it takes to inspire you along the way, utilize that. Never feel bad about anything because you're on your journey. Don't try to compare yourself to other people. Like some people, you know, some of my millionaire students like the Lamborghini. Some of them like the Ferrari. Some of them like the charity. It doesn't matter what anybody else likes. This is a personal journey and it's based on your own personality and we're all different. So don't be afraid to be different. That's another big thing. Part of the reason why I'm so happy is I get to be who I am whenever I want. I don't have a boss. If I worked on Wall Street, 
I wouldn't be able to say this shit. I wouldn't be in a t-shirt. I don't even own a suit. I had to actually like go buy a suit for one of my buddy's weddings because I don't like to dress up. I'm, I'm a casual guy. And I earn that freedom to be who I am. And I want you to earn your freedom too. Too many people are stuck in jobs that they hate. 75% of people under the age of 30 hate their jobs and they never get to experience anything because I get it. You have to pay the bills. You have responsibilities. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but understand that we are in this amazing, unique time in history where we have all this new technology, all this new education, all this new opportunity, and you should capitalize on it. Because this is like the printing press, which was hundreds of years ago, and now the internet is what, 20, 22 years old? It can barely drink yeah. It's not Australian and hasn't been drinking like Joel Brown since he was a teenager, okay? <laughs> it's a brand new invention, and you need to really take advantage of it. Like, we're doing this interview over Zoom. I never even heard of Zoom before Joel Brown just enlightened me. I was using Skype, and we had a shitty connection on Skype. We used Zoom. Mind blown. I'm always going to use Zoom because I was willing to and because Joel Brown told me to. So listen to your mentors, follow instructions and keep an open mind. Yeah, yeah. Get, be awake, right? Be awake. I think that so many people are unconsciously like zombies walking through life and going, what should I do? And just letting life push them around. This is the truth. You're magnificent. Not just you, Tim. Anyone that's listening, watching, like you truly are magnificent. <laughs> Tim's blushing. And, and, and like when you, the more you actually study the mind and the body to like continue to break it down and look at like on a cellular level, it's like we are incredibly designed human beings. It's insane what we can do. And I think that so many people are just playing it so small and they are also being distracted by what you said, looking at other people's stuff. It's like create your own lane. Be a shepherd. Don't be a sheep. Like be a leader, right? The world needs more leaders. They don't need more followers. And just not even just be awake, be aware of the situation that we're in. If we, have, if we were having this conversation, you know, maybe 30 years ago, the technology, first of all, wouldn't have existed, but recognize where we are, like the next five, 10, 20 years are going to be the most fascinating years in human history, where technology and medicine and innovation all come together. And you've got to get your little slice of the pie. Don't just miss out. Don't just work some little old crappy job that you hate just to feed your family. I get it. I'm not saying quit your job today and just, you know, go crazy, but study at night, study on weekends. We have so much extra time that we waste on shit like Netflix or video games or going out and drinking. And there's nothing wrong with that every now and then. But just if you dedicate, let's say a half hour or an hour per day to whatever your dreams are and, you know, designing a life for your future self, you have to think of your future self. What do you want to be in five or 10 years? If you can be anything, and yes, you can. You don't need permission from anybody else. Yes, you can, okay? It's not just a political slogan. You can do anything you want, but you're going to have to work for it. So have like a five or 10-year plan, and then every single day, even if you're just studying for 15 minutes, even if you're just reading a book in some subject that interests you, at least you're getting wiser or you're watching, you know, Addicted to Success podcast or you're watching my video lessons, something that helps you learn and helps you move forward. Or if you're visiting a new place, you're like, hey, I've never been to this town next to mine. I don't know why I've never been there. Just go over there and explore. You might meet somebody that you never thought and talk with them. Talk with old people. They have amazing experiences. They don't understand new technology for shit. So don't listen to them about what they're saying about, oh, this will never take off. You know, for once upon a time, talking, moving pictures were a fad. Like people thought that, oh, silent pictures were the thing. Like these talkies, it's just a fad. It's not going to last. That's bullshit. Obviously, now I can't even watch a silent movie at all. Although there was that one French movie. But innovation is going to keep going forward. And you have to accept that. And you have to explore it. And you have to find whatever it is in your brain and unlock your potential. If you've ever seen the movie Lucy, I know that was science fiction and that was a weird ending. But that is what you're trying to do. You're trying to expand your brain and your horizons and take advantage of right now. The second that you were watching this, something new is being invented. Some new technology, some new startup, some new app that's going to help you get smarter and it change your life. So don't ignore it. Music to my ears, man. Adapt or die, right? 
Dr. Parrish, you'll be a dinosaur. You don't have to listen to us. You can be a dinosaur, you know? There's some people who, like, at the end of the horse and buggy trend, you know, they're like, this is the best horse and buggy ever. And then cars came along and wiped out the horse and buggies. And Zoom, maybe this is a good technology. I'm sure something else will take, a, take place in the next few years. You know, you got, like, Magic Leap. I'll be able to, like, shake Joel Brown's hand. You know, he'll be able to break dance like, in my living room holographically in the next five years. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be exciting. And if you're a programmer, if you're an engineer, you're going to be rich. If you really use your imagination and see what people can do and what technology can do. If you're not an engineer, if you're just somebody who likes to learn, that's cool. It doesn't matter what profession you're in. All that matters is that you're passionate and that you love it. I love teaching. I love talking. I love helping people see kind of different ways to live. Because I'm from a small town, Orange, Connecticut. And almost my entire small town is still in that small town. I'm like the only one who got out and explored the world. So when I go back there, they're all like, tell us what you saw. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You can go see it yourself. Like, it's, I don't have to, you don't have to live vicariously through me. I get a lot of messages, people on Instagram, they're like, oh, Tim, I'll never be able to do this. I live vicariously through you. Why can't you do this? I understand that you have normal jobs and you have responsibilities. So do that. But if you spend an hour a day, an hour a day for the next five years, you will be shocked at how smart you become and how skilled you become. And if you can start utilizing those new skills and that new wisdom and new knowledge and changing your life. Boom. There you go. Drop the mic. Drop the mic, Timmy. Jew chains. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, just, to, just to go back on um, what, what you said, I think it was really awesome, dude. And it's so true. So, so true. Uh, John Martini. I know I'm repeating myself because I just came from this, but he said something that I think relates Did so well to this. Martini? He sounds famous. Martini. Yeah, he demartinied. <laughs> He's off it. Oh, look at <laughs> But he, uh, he said, entrepreneurs are born out of challenges. Nine to fivers are born out of support. So nine to fivers, they want to go to a job to just be supported. Entrepreneurs are like, no, I want to be challenged so that I grow. And the more that you overcome challenges, right? Adaptation, which we're talking about stepping in, giving something a go and having the balls to do it, right? Taking the risk to do it and, and going all out on your dreams. You get not only a reward from going over that challenge, like monetarily and for your own fulfillment, you also get a ton of supporters that come after you too. And so the, the people that don't get out of that box or get out of like, you know, Orange, Connecticut, like you said, are the ones that are forever going to be like, oh, oh, we want to be supported and like put you on a pedestal. You know, they never, they don't look at what you do and find that inspiration that lies within you, that lies in them. They look at the inspiration that's in you and they go, I wish I had that. I mean, everybody wants success. Everybody wants the dream, but most people think that they can't have it and they're scared of failure. They're scared of, scared of losing. Like, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I mean, there was a whole article about me when I got started teaching and it said, failed hedge fund manager tries again on the internet, on Reuters. And I was, you know, quote, a failure, even though my hedge fund didn't lose money, it didn't blow up. I was, quote, a failure because I was getting out of the hedge fund industry on a down year, even though my fund still finished up 2% over four years, I made a big mistake and I lost all my credibility. So people thought, oh, he lost all his credibility. Now he's going to like sell bullshit on the internet. They didn't know that I was going to come back. That loss, that mistake made me stronger. After a few months of drinking, granted, I, I didn't recover that easily. I wasn't always this positive. But the mistake now, I'm very thankful because it made me a better teacher. It made me a better trader. Without a big loss, without a big mistake, I would have been the same cocky kid who was batting a 1,000 before. Now I'm wiser. Now I know what not to do. And frankly, that helps me. So don't be afraid of failure. Understand that, you know, you can get better with failure. You learn from the mistakes. It's not the end of the world. We all make mistakes. We're human. It's part of our journey. But I know many people are scared to even take the first step because they don't want to fail. If you fail in the beginning, it's okay. That's part of the journey too. And when you are eventually successful, as you will be if you keep learning and adapting and staying on the right path, guess what? Those mistakes, you'll look back and you'll be grateful and you'll appreciate them. I know it's tough to see in the middle of it, like when you're going through it, it's really shitty. No one wants to fail big or look like an idiot. But I've looked like an idiot so many times on national TV and international TV. I've gotten used to it. Watch my episodes on Below Death. I look like a fucking idiot. And yet... They edited that TV show. I still made $70,000 while aboard that yacht, thus paying for the entire yacht trip. So I can look like an idiot, but if I stay true to myself 
Karma somehow rewards me. And you have to be true to yourself and your future. So don't be afraid of failure. Embrace it. Recognize it. If you are making a mistake, be like, yes, I made that mistake. Own it. Don't try and hide it. There's so many people in the stock market and in internet marketing, they make a mistake and they're just quiet for days or weeks. And you know that they're embarrassed. You know that they're hurting, but they don't want to show it because they think that by showing it, it's a sign of weakness. But instead, in the social media world, in the internet world, in the real world, forget about hiding it. Forget about pretending that it didn't exist. Own it. Highlight it. My latest blog post right now is my biggest loss of the past year. I owned it and I wrote a great blog post and it's a great lesson. I made a mistake. I was a little too early on this stock. Two days later, it was actually the biggest winner. So I was on the right track and I've made several trades already in the past few days since that loss and I've made it all back. And now we have that great loss, which is a great lesson. I have that great blog post, which is a great lesson for my students and I've made all my money back. So if you're always on the journey, if you're always improving and looking to get better, it's just a little bump in the road. The only problem is too many people fail or lose or make a mistake and they stop and they think, oh, I have to shut down and they cut their education short. They cut their journey short. And that, my friends, is the biggest mistake. If you hurt your future self by quitting, never, ever quit. And I'm not saying you always have to stay in the same industry. I jumped from stock trading to teaching stock trading. And a lot of people said, don't do that. But I said, I think there's more opportunity. I was right. And it was more fulfilling. So don't be afraid to change and adapt when you see an opportunity. You always have to be keep moving forward and keep trying new things, seeing how it fits. If I started teaching stock trading and I didn't like it, I could have gone back to just stock trading for myself. It doesn't matter. Life is very unpredictable and you go with it and you ride it the best you can. Timmy, you got that inspirational flow oozing out of you right now. <laughs> I'm pumped, man. I'm just telling You're in you. flow, brother. It's my life experience, you know? I, I yeah. still make mistakes. I had a big loss. I lost, you know, a few thousand dollars while aboard this yacht the other day. The Wi-Fi was shit. All my top students are making a few thousand. I bet too big. I made a mistake. Life goes on. Now I've made it back, and it's a great lesson. So every single mistake can be learned from. Every single loss and mistake and failure is a gift. Every single second on this earth is a gift. Learn from these kids in these third world countries. They have nothing. They have nothing. Oh, I got bit by a snake and lost my arm. That was a gift. I still have my other arm. Like there's crazy stuff that goes on in the world. Seriously. And the way that we complain and the way that we look at things is so narrow-minded and so pessimistic and so pathetic. I just want to like strangle some of these, these negative people out there. There's so much negativity and BS when we have this great, beautiful world and we're capable of amazing things because we are at the top of the motherfucking food chain in genetics and anatomy and evolution, and it's all combined right now for us. The only question is, will you take advantage of it? Whoa. Fire, brother. Flames, flames. <laughs> it's that more people aren't, you know, really taking advantage of everything that they have and the opportunity. Mm. Some people are like, oh, I don't, have, I don't have internet. Go to the library. It's free. There's a whole network of libraries that have been built all over the world. There's free internet there. You can learn everything. As long as you're tapped into the internet, you can do anything you want. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't have a computer. A smartphone. Oh, I don't have a smartphone. Go to the library. So many people hit me up. They say, I want to learn. I was like, how are you emailing me? They're like, well, I just, yeah, you know, and they make all these excuses. If you have the internet, anything is possible. If you don't have the internet and theoretically, then you're not watching this, you know, you're screwed, okay? You're back in the 1980s, 1970s, economic downturn. You have to work as a doctor or lawyer to make a lot of money. The internet opens the world up to you, wherever you are in the world. I have students in over 90 countries, but for some reason, all my millionaire students are from the Midwest and US. Makes no sense to me, probably because there's nothing fucking to do there, so all they do is study. <laughs> Timmy, I, I want you. I want you real quick to touch on just before we wrap up this call. Yeah. I remember we were driving like around the jungle or wherever it was in like in Laos, and you said to me there was this moment that you remember. Uh, you were in an apartment or you're somewhere in Milan. I think it was a New Year's or something like that. But like, t just share that with us because I, I I felt that that really landed and and so in Madrid, Madrid. Uh, Madrid, yeah, Madrid. That's right. So I was living in Madrid for a few months. Uh, speaking Spanish, I had like a Spanish girlfriend who only spoke Spanish, but I could only speak Spanish when I was drunk. So I had to get drunk every day to communicate with my girlfriend. That didn't end very well. This was before Google Translate. Um, but frankly, 
I was just bored. You know, I was already a millionaire. I was living in Madrid. I had like this beautiful private apartment with like a private pool, which is, if you've ever been to Madrid, is very rare. So I had all these like pool parties. Everyone was coming over. I had like all these like Madrid celebrities and I had like US people come over and it was like the hit. And it was, it was a boring, boring existence because I wasn't really helping anybody. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I was just kind of gorging, you know, food wise. Madrid has great food and wine. And, you know, it was very similar to, to you in the, the music industry. I wasn't living the life that I wanted. So I changed and I got out. And a lot of people aren't living the life that they want, but they're too afraid to change. And they're too scared to do something else because, you know, frankly, you know, stock trading, okay, I have a few millionaire students. Most traders lose. 90% of traders lose. If you have a small business, 90% of small businesses fail within the first six months. So if you look at the stats, it's like, oh, Tim, Joel, this sounds amazing, but most people fail. What did we just say about failure? Don't be afraid of it, okay? You have to keep adapting. If your first startup fails, try another one. If your first strategy fails, try another one. But at least you're living life on your own terms. And maybe you can keep a job. I have a lot of part-time students, too, who trade, you know, in between their job while they're paying the bills, feeding their family. They're also learning and they're trying new strategies. Most millionaires have multiple streams of income. You don't need just one job, okay? I understand you think like that with your nine to five job and your corporate bullshit, but that's not the new world. You can have multiple income streams and it's better to try stuff. Maybe three of your income streams will do really well one year, two of them won't. Then the next year, one will just blow up and all the other ones will fade into the distance. You have to try different stuff. And so when I was in Madrid, it, it really came to me, especially during one siesta when there's nothing open and I was hung over as shit. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. All I wanted was some nourishment. And I'm walking around all over Madrid and nothing's open. I'm like, fuck your siesta. I want, you know, I had to deal with that. So it was a rough point for me, but it came to my, you know, realization that I wanted more. And at that moment, I, I got out of Madrid. I stopped, you know, partying as much. And I really kind of shifted my life into a more fulfilling feel you know and, and and i went that way and it, it's worked out great yeah i, I think I, I think i remember you saying something like it was like new year's eve and you were there and like you realized there was no you didn't have any kind of friends to even hang out with at that time because everyone was everywhere else and you were just like what am i doing here no real and, and that's that's and yeah that no real friends and it's it's that like like we were saying before that being aware being awake going in that moment like just waking up to actually what's around you and going not, not a lot of people ask themselves a question. These two questions are the most powerful questions you can ask yourself. Who am I and why am I here? Some of the most intelligent people in the world can't even answer that. It scares them to answer that question. And so it's and like those makes, moments, right? And what makes you happy and fulfilled? And, you know, again, most people yeah. never even know what makes them happy or fulfilled because they're too busy performing and fulfilling their duties. And they don't have time for other stuff. They don't have time for themselves. And that's sad. Because you have one life, one life, okay? And I'm not saying like YOLO, like go out and drink a fifth of tequila and like, yeah, drive and crazy. Like focus on what can you do to make your life every single day a dream. A lot of people go to clubs or they, you know, smoke weed or they, you know, try and live crazily on the weekends because during the week they're working for a job, they have regular set hours, they're miserable. So the weekends are their time to shine. I don't care whether it's the weekend or the weekday. I'm in totally different time zones. Every single day for me is my time to shine. That's why I don't necessarily have to drink or do drugs or do, you know, anything to make myself feel alive because I feel alive every single second. And that's a great feeling. I want more people to have it. It's not just about the money. It's about the freedom and the passion. Once you start following your passion, once you start having the freedom to follow your passion, of course, for that, Yes, you do need money. I don't make the rules, okay? This isn't a communistic state, <laughs> and I don't encourage you to just steal to get what you want. It feels good to learn a skill and some, you know, skill set that will make you money so that you can be free. Maybe you don't even necessarily enjoy the skill set that makes you money, but you do it to actually get the freedom so you have more time to work on yourself. Amen, brother. Amen. Love it. Tim, we're about to wrap up this interview. Where can people find you? Uh, TimothySykes.com is my main website. I've got 8,000 blog posts now. If you go to my YouTube channel, I have 800 plus free videos. Um, you know, I, I'm all over the place on social media. Just Timothy Sykes, S-Y-K-E-S is my last name. Um, just look me up and, and you'll see this stuff. 
being spouted out in videos, photos, blog posts. Um, I do a daily trade watch list just with the hottest stocks. I do daily trades. I already made uh, about a thousand bucks this morning during a live webinar. I give live webinars. So we also have stocks to trade software. If you don't want to listen to me, we actually have like a robot that's modeled my strategy in my brain, which will probably be the future and probably wipe out humanity in about 30 years. But for the next 30 years, it's going to be a very useful tool that we can control until it controls us. That's insane, man. That's insane technology. Wow. Love it. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying this because I want it to spare me in 30 years because I'm warning the humans right now. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know what the future holds. Um, you know, I, I just have a new student. His name is Stephen Ducks. He just turned 27000 into $900,000 in one year in my training challenge. And he's Chinese. And I was interviewing him and he's answering all the questions like exactly right, like exactly how I would have answered. And I was like, I don't think you're real. I think that you're a future clone from China sent back in time to be my student now because, you know, cloning is banned by the UN, but China is working on it. So it makes sense that he would be Chinese. And so it's the <laughs> future clone version of me sent back in time to now be my student to help lead my company into the future. That would make sense. But I don't know. I have some crazy theories sometimes. <laughs> The Chinese version of Timothy Sykes. Oh, the Chinese clone future version. Kind of like a Terminator wow. mixed with, uh, I watch a lot of movies. I'm also a trading addict, so I do these interviews while the stock market is open, and I blog while the stock market is open to avoid being the addict that I am. I'm like an alcoholic bartender who knows that he has a problem. So you have to be very careful in trading and when you make a lot of money because you want that high, you want that feeling all the time. I'm glad I made a 1000 bucks for my live trading challenge webinar today, but you know, there's more to life than just trading. And I could sit here 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern every single day and have no life. I know people who do that. They make money, but they're slaves. They're slaves to the job. I don't want that. I could live in New York and probably make more money and become a billionaire. I don't want that. I love traveling. I love being able to work from anywhere. And if you learn how to make $1,000 a day, you live pretty well. Mm, you're addicted to stocks. <laughs> I'm this addicted is addicted to, to success. Addicted to freedom. There you go. That's your freedom. Love it. So, Tim, we always end the interview with this last question. And before we sign out, thanks a million for jumping on, man. Oh, I appreciate you being on here. It's always a good chat. We didn't, we didn't have any agenda. We were just like in a chat, and I don't, I don't know what happens. But it, I think it was good. There's some gems in there. There sure oh, is. What's Thank your question? You. If you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, 30 seconds, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What year is this? It's your parting advice. I understand. It's your parting I, advice. How am I going to part? Because my advice is very different in 2100, mm. 2027. 2020. <laughs> That's three years. <laughs> I'm almost dead. I got to go. I got to go live. Um, so my, my parting advice would be, again, to figure out who you are, to find what you love, to really you know, just live and, and be on your journey and, and accept it, whoever you are, whatever fulfills you, don't feel ashamed because it's you and God made us and we're each beautiful and whatever it is that you love, whatever that motivates you or you feel passionate about, that's what you were meant to feel, okay? I, I believe in destiny and I don't think that you should try to fight it. And when you are in, you know, perfect harmony with who you are as a being, that's when you can really do amazing things because it's not work, like, I don't even count the hours that I spend teaching or on charity. I just try and do what I can, what I'm physically able to do or financially able to do charity-wise. And I love every single second of it. Even when I make mistakes, even when I lose, even when I'm wrong, I own it. It's all part of the journey, and the journey is beautiful. <laughs>